Hello and welcome to Potluck, your weed sommelier podcast. My name is Liz and I am your host and weed sommelier. I review strains, recommend things to much on, and talk to guests about their history with weed. I've been a consumer for nine years and I am located in southern Maine, where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am joined today by Nate, the only full-time worker, owner, and operator of Upward Organics. Uh, welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, thanks for having me, Liz. Great yeah, to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, how long have you been a weed consumer? And do you have any weedy credentials you'd like to share? Ooh, uh, weed consumer um, definitely like uh, goes goes back uh, a de- like like everybody uh, experimented in like you know middle school and high school. Uh, but you know uh, it wasn't like incredibly easy to to get your hands on. Um, it wasn't until like college that I started to, you know, um, like smoke a lot more. And then certainly like once I graduated, you know, working in an office was just miserable. And, uh, I remember I would, I would roll joints in the morning before my commute into Boston and, um, uh, just so that it would, you know, ease the ride home, uh, a little bit, but, uh, so not, I don't smoke anymore. Uh, I'm, you know, into like running and, you know, like triathlons and hiking and endurance sports. So, uh, and I have asthma, so, uh, I sound like a weenie, but, um, oh, yeah, I don't no, like you absolutely anymore. do not. Your body is a temple and you're taking care of it. However, yeah. some temples are different. Some are covered in graffiti and pigeon shit, but you know what? They're still temples. Yeah. And you know what? Like I'm an outdoor farmer. Like I'm the only full-time employee here, you know, like, this job is an absolute grind and I do all the work. I do all the cool jobs, but I do all the shit jobs, you know? And honestly, like I'm trying to pack 12 months of work into nine months, you know? So I'm working 10 to 12 hour days. It's two 15 right now. You know, I've been outside in the 80 degree weather since 8am this morning, you know, working. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it almost like kind of is like a good feedback loop into, you know, helping me like stay, you know, fit for the work that I have to do. But I, but I will say, um, I do, I do like edibles, but again, I'm, I'm a super weenie and, uh, I'll split like, you know, a five milligram edible in half and, you know, uh, and that'll be like a really fun, you know, day for me. And, um, seaweed has these like, um, really cool, uh, uh, edibles um uh, that they made with one of our strains so we obviously like are supporting that um i think they taste good and what i like about them the most is that they um they don't like melt at room temperature like a lot of edibles that i've seen out there mm. um, so what's so strange? yeah so not really a consumer anymore but you know i was definitely like uh like a moderate consumer for you know maybe five or ten years I think probably with touching all the weed plants, you probably, you know, consume just a little bit through your skin. I know you probably have to decarboxylate it first to get any effect, but like, you know, if there's any such thing as like a uh, contact high, I would imagine you've experienced oh, it. There's, there, there definitely is. Cause I'm, uh, I do, I do not, I, I, I know some people have an opinion about this, but uh, I do not like to wear gloves. I don't like to wear gloves when I'm like using a chainsaw, using a shovel or we're working with the plants. I just, you know, there's just something about like actually feeling things that's, you know, makes what we do like that much more like enriching. And I definitely got a contact high. I mean, we just took down, you know, one of our light depths last week 
and we were trimming this Granny Smith apple. And I was like, I remember like, you know, it's one of those things where like three hours go by and you realize like you and your, um, you know, your partner that you're working with, like haven't said a word for like 45 minutes. <laughs> you know what? I've, I've honestly um, so yeah, had I days like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, the, the, the best example is like the car ride, right? You just like driving in the car and then all of a sudden, like an hour and a half goes by and you realize like the radio hasn't been on, you know, and you're like, man, wow, that was deep. Those kind of still moments in life where you just kind of, you go, you go yeah. with the flow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I, I got a lot of voices up there, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Never, never a dull moment. I have, what, tunes. I have what I like to call head radio. Um, my friend Jennifer has this also where if like we're not listening to anything or thinking of anything actively, we just have music going in our heads. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately for me, it's just like, um, I don't know if you remember hit clips, but it was like 30 seconds of music you put into like a like an ear player of some sort, and then you clipped it on your ear, and then you could hear the Baja men who let the dogs out. And this will tell you exactly the time period of this uh this 2000s slash 90s tech. Um, but sometimes my head will be like, just, just like, uh, the last 30 seconds of Hamilton over and over again, or, uh, just look around, look around while, uh, how lucky we are to be alive right now, just over and over again from the Hamilton soundtrack. And I'm like, you know what? I need earbuds. I need, I, I, well, it's nice listening to nature sometimes, but my head is a loud place. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I do like the, the nature channel in the morning, like when I first start working outside, but the nature um, channel <laughs> yeah. you mean being outside i mean we're we're like we're like kind of deep in the woods i mean i i know to some people in in maine that may be listening to this podcast you know porter is like a suburb of portland because it's only an hour away but you know i mean we have black bear and bobcat like right in our driveway you know um and we're a quarter mile off the road so there's there's birds there's a lot of stuff to listen to out here but by the time like you know noon comes around we got to start, we got to start playing music because, uh, yeah, the, the thoughts start creeping in, start thinking too hard. That's not good for anybody. Yeah. And then you start thinking you're seeing, you know, creatures in the woods and your brain is programmed to find faces and tell stories and, you know, protect you. And then suddenly you're, you know, sprinting to your house at two o'clock in the afternoon because you saw a shadow. This is, this is just yeah. me projecting. This doesn't have to be anything about you. This is, this is a, yeah. me imagining how your life goes. Yeah, no, yeah, my 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 thoughts are way more like uh like 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 either cause and effect or very very simple like uh you know kind of like squirrel thoughts like um ooh what's that on the plant like ooh what's going on with that leaf you know ooh what's uh how dry is the soil you know mm -hmm. and it's like dude just relax just do what you're doing and stay focused on that and like let everything just like fade away until you're actually ready to you know, to tackle it, you know, so that's, that's what tunes is really good for just to like, kind of help at least my brain, you know, stay focused. Um, but I, I agree. And I think, you know, for all the grocery stores and um, retail locations that have overhead playlists, I consider that torture in a way. If I go, you know, when I worked at Hannaford, I would hear white flag probably two times a day and I would, I would despise every minute of it um, and uh, not going down with this ship. Uh, and I think I think people honestly should be able to wear earbuds to work or at least a singular earbud like I my life is so much better once I started listening to podcasts and hiding earbud in my uh, in my hair at work 
Um, mm-hmm. My boss was cool with it. And you know what? I learned I wasn't just standing there uh, feeling miserable because I had no one to talk to because I was staring at a wall for eight hours a day. Right. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've come out of the the uh, the grocery store and have had like some che- some cheesy ass song stuck in my head for, for you know at least a day, um, and then I you know I'll be like, why is that song in my head? And uh, yeah, I have the I have you know calls or Hannaford you know mm-hmm. to to thank for that. I have the bad habit of singing along. Like if the windows are down in the summertime, I'll sing along to someone else's radio, even if they're right fucking next to me. And, and that's incredibly awkward for them. But I'm like, you know what? I'm having a good time. You yeah, can't take this whatever. away from me. Whatever. Yeah. Speaking of things you can't take away from me, would you like to hear about this week's wheat product? Ah, uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. So this week we are smoking uh, main trees, peaches and cream, distilled, distilled tree sap. This is wow, a product cool. I picked up at uh, the uh, women, Maine Women's Cannabis Coalition. I believe their field day was recently, and I picked it up. Um, one of their goodie nice. bags that you could get through a donation. Um, I I have mixed feelings about this product, but you'll hear all about that later. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the munchie moment for the week. What do you like to snack on when you have the munchies? Um, I... I really like little lads herbal popcorn. Um, you know, any any popcorn, you know, like the the microwave stuff is is totally fine, especially with some nutritional yeast on it. But um, uh, the herbal, yeah, the herbal stuff from little lads from Corinth, Maine, that is uh, that is the bomb for sure. Okay, if you hadn't clarified earlier that you don't do as many edibles and smoke at all like you used to, I would have asked what kind of herbal popcorn this is. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, no, it's just a straight like like herb blend, not uh, yeah, not that herb no. with the with a capital no, H. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, what, no, what medicine, kind of- no medicine in this. Yeah. What kind of herbs do you find in your popcorn? I'm, I'm curious because I, I, for one, am not a fan of rosemary, thanks to my high school's penchant for dousing the potatoes in them. But uh, what, what kind of spices? Uh, normally, I just have like butter and salt on popcorn. I'm curious about what kind of herbs go good with it. I, I honestly, um, I, really don't, I really don't know. I, what I do know is that at the end of the bag, if there is any, um, if there is any of the like the herbal blend left at the bottom, I'll like filter out the kernels, and um, and like you know use it on like a microwave bag of popcorn. But Fantastic. yeah, yeah. But like if it's just um like a microwave bag, I'll put nutritional yeast on it, which is really yummy. Um, and you know like a somewhat you know nutritional as the the name states but like a little bit more of like a healthy version of like a i don't know parmesan cheese kind of thing i've tried nutritional yeast before um i i disagree in finding it delightful but that's probably because i oh man i did like a bob's red mill trying to make their nutritional yeast cheese sauce and i just oh i could not get into it it was so thick it was so so yeasty and what have you um however i no i'm sorry go ahead you know, I forgot what I was going to say. I didn't really have a however there. I would, you know, keep, go, go ahead. You can interrupt. So, so um, were you trying to make, you were trying to make a, a like a cheese from the u- nutritional yeast from Bob's Mills? 
So the Bob's Mills had a recipe for like a pseudo cheese sauce that you could make yeah. using nutritional yeast. And I tried it and it, oh my goodness, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, are, yeah. So we've, we've made, um, we've made cheese with like almonds before, like an Alfredo sauce with almonds. Ooh. That's really good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to nail, but, um, uh, we made a ranch sauce. We did like, um, uh, my, my wife is, uh, uh, is a good cook. So she, you know, drags me into these like experiments and, you know, buffalo cauliflower in a, like a vegan ranch. Yes. I'm a big fan of cauliflower in most generations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of buffalo and anything smothered in it. Um, so yes. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, somewhat pulled off like, uh, a ranch sauce with with almonds but i and i think there was nutritional yeast in it but never like a you know nutritional yeast base in a mm. cheese sauce that, that is interesting i give you a ton of credit for trying that ow thank you oh. it was Sorry. it had yeah. two cups worth of nutritional yeast if i don't if, if that wasn't supposed to be the base i don't know what the fuck was bob from bob's red mill damn you bob well, I wouldn't say damn him. I'm just that recipe. My goodness. I want to just, I want to walk up to him and say, taste this. Why would you recommend anyone spend their hard-earned money on this? But then again, I yeah. could have made it wrong. So there's that. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to ruin your, uh, your, you know, your, your taste for nutritional yeast because it is, it is good in the uh, correct format and application. I I've definitely had it where I've enjoyed it like on like cheesy doodles that were vegan because one of my friends is vegan. Um, yep. But my recommended snack for this week, I'm not sure if it's vegan, is the Smokehouse Almonds from Blue Diamond. I oh, cool. I get them as a, as a treat for myself whenever it's summertime and it's too hot to cook anything. And I'm like, you know what? I need a little, need a little crunch them. I don't want chips. I want something healthy. I go for almonds. Almonds are delicious. I used to be a big fan of almond milk until I discovered oat milk and I thought, you know, I can get more fiber this way. Um, however, yeah. whenever I get these smokehouse almonds, I always have this kind of call to the void urge to see if I could make smokehouse almond milk um, and just see yeah. what that would be like. And the the horrors of, uh, I, I mean, it might make a good mac and cheese if you use that instead of milk. Uh, but um that's my recommended bunch smokehouse almonds or any kind of blue diamond almonds the thai chili is also good i haven't tried the salt and vinegar um yeah almonds i think they have a uh like carolina reaper like a really like a really small like can um and it's like insanely hot and uh i went to throw like the last couple in my mouth and Ooh. it had all the spicy like powder you know, at the bottom. Yep. And one of my eyes was like kind of open and, and I just threw some of that Carolina Reaper, like, you know, five-star heat powder, like right in my eye. And it was, uh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was some good harmless fun for everyone I, that was around. I call uh, moments like that reinventing pepper spray because like I'll fry yeah. sriracha and butter on the stove, forgetting that I'm supposed to take it off the heat first. Um, and then just have like just chlorine gas in my face. Um, and another time where I was slicing onions on a Bizerba slicer, like at a deli, that was reinventing tear gas. Like that's my goodness. I, I applaud you for surviving with both of your eyes after that, that, uh, 
the opposite yeah. of serial dust experience, I would say. Yeah, it, it took a bit. And my my fiance Kate is probably never gonna stop telling the story, but um, yeah, it's worth it. You know, being humbled is uh is uh, you know, something that we should all do more of. Yeah, I think honestly, most of I, I want I want to say most issues in communication regard you know someone not willing to put aside their ego. At least that's what I've experienced. I'd like to think that I have no ego, but according to Sigmund Freud uh social psychology's biggest fuck up uh everyone has an ego and i work every day on i'm working a little bit harder on putting that aside so i can learn from my mistakes as well as others yeah absolutely yeah i mean yeah exactly like everyone everyone certainly has an ego it's just how you know um you know how how present it is uh and whatnot exactly you don't you may not choose how you react to things but you do get to choose how you respond to things and that's uh that's important and i have a question that i'd like you to respond to nate yeah fire away are you ready to do some weed i am ready to do some weed all right let's do this we are back this week's guest, Nate, has a weed word that he would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you, if you do this, it will be on the show pending absolute foulness. Uh, take it away, Nate. So uh, the weed word we would like to use is net zero. Uh, it's a, like an energy term. It's not really a weed term right now but um yeah we're gonna make it one um net zero for for those of you who don't know is basically uh sending as much power to the grid as you consume so we have right now 15 solar panels we're installing 24 more and uh based on the calculations we've done with main solar solutions on our current energy demand and the amount of sun that we get here in Porter, Maine, and with the you know um, orientation of our roof and our solar mount, um, we're going to be able to send our energy back to the grid. Then that will use you know growing and cultivating and drying and processing all of our cannabis here. So um, we're super psyched about that. And you know I know it's not you know, uh, like terpene or LARF or whatever, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's what we're going to use. So man, LARF, that's what I haven't heard in a long time, <laughs> that's yeah. a, oh, but did you use it in a sentence? Did I use net zero in a sentence? Can you do it again for me, please? If you haven't use net zero in a sentence. Yes, please. Sure. Um, in 2023, we're going to be Maine's first net zero cannabis company. Fantastic. So not only are you avoiding power costs and uh, fossil fuel usage by utilizing a greenhouse, you are also using solar panels. And you said you're sending that power back to the grid. Are you putting it in some kind of battery for future use? Or are you like, is that towards, uh, you know, Maine's, uh, Maine's usage of uh, power? Yeah. So, so real quick, what happened was, we started off grid. We were off grid for four years. So we had batteries, we had panels, inverter, all jazz. And 
we're like, you know, it's just a, a small outdoor grow, you know, and, um, and the light and one small light tap greenhouse, like how much power could it be? You know, did some quick math and all of a sudden we came, came time to, you know, harvest and, you know, running a dehumidifier and, um, you know, even, you know, the, the, if it's cloudy out, you know, um, running fans in the greenhouse and a, a well to, you know, fill up the reservoirs. And we were like, holy smokes, like it takes a lot of energy. So, um, yeah, once we like decided to, uh, you know, build, you know, like a garage and stop drying in a, a shipping container, uh, we needed to run power up. And so we are now going to just, instead of using batteries to store energy, like in an off grid scenario, we're going to just go straight from the solar panels, the current and new and send it straight back to the grid. So that won't have anything to do with our like facility here. Um, and we're going to be using energy directly from the grid as if we didn't have solar panels. So there's going to be like, kind of like two different roads heading in two different directions, but the goal is, you know, our bill, the net metering, the bill at the end of the month, is going to be zero, you know, or, oh. or negative, but, you know, CMP is not going to pay us obviously. So yeah, um, I understand. Yeah. That's how it works. Very cool. Thank you for explaining. Um, we're going to talk more about the weed, but I'd like to touch on uh, your weed first. So during the smoke break or the, the gummy nibble break, if you will, what did you find yourself munching on? <laughs> the gummy nibble break uh, was uh, from Seaweed Co. Uh, it's the, Jesus, pate de fruit. Um, yeah. It's a strain specific, full spectrum uh, edible. Um, the flavor is blueberry and it's a, it's made from a live resin strain. It's a sativa hybrid and it's, uh, it's the pink pony, which is like, uh, like our best selling strain that we grew here. Oh, uh, do you know why it's your best selling strain by any chance? Do you have any theories? Um, well, I think one is it's a sativa hybrid. And, um, I think, I think a lot, like a lot of people um, enjoy, you know, um, uh, the sativa aspect of it, but probably the name Pink Pony, um, and also like it smells so so good. Um, yeah, it's just um, and it's yeah really fun to work with, and I don't know, it's just like it's been a winner for us every year, um, and it's just like the best selling, you know, flower that we have. So. Um, and where can yeah. people pick that up? Uh, Four City Reserve, Atlantic Farms. Um, yeah, or hit me up. Yeah, sounds good. And we'll put your contact information in the bio so people can do that. Awesome. Um, but let's wrap. We're, we're in Puff Pass peer review a bit already, but um, and it's time for me to talk about what I enjoyed. Uh, how are you feeling, Nate? Feeling great. Yeah, I took a baby, like, baby, baby bit. Uh, I get some work to do this afternoon, but um yeah a little nibble a little background noise is is all i need i am envious of your ability to do that and just like oh teeny teeny tiny little little like a, a mouse bite um <laughs> and then you're good to go uh completely envious my tolerance is much higher and i'm considering taking a tea break um which i think is a very funny term especially if it's like tea in my head like oh we're gonna instead of doing weed exclusively doing tea that's in my head that's what a tea break is substituting one habit for another yeah 
Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how you fix habits, right? You have to replace it. You know, there's no like actually squashing a habit. Um, that's a little too deep for right now, but thank you, Nate, for implanting that <laughs> terrifying germ in my brain. All right. Uh, but so. Yeah, I am. I am lucky for, to have a low tolerance. I, um, I saw someone post something the other day that was like, oh man, like this, uh, you know, um, my tolerance is really low. Like I ate this 35 milligram edible and like, you know, it schooled me for like two hours. I'm like, Oh my God, like 35 milligrams would like rewire my entire head. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a 60 milligram edible in my fridge. That's actually, I, it's probably rotten by now because it's food, but I have to remind myself that, but uh, it's a, from Mermaid Confections, it's a gingerbread cake bite that's 60 milligrams. And I always forget there's 60 milligrams. I think they're 30 and then I take one and I'm like, ooh, this is strong. And then I check and oh I'm like, oh, God. that was 60. But I, I like You're I said, savage. my tolerance is pretty high. That's awesome. I, I think you probably consider that like a heroic dose you know, using shroom terminology, but um, not to not to share my accolades. We're talking about you this episode. Um, however, we do have to talk about the weed for the me. one one part of the show that I do forget sometimes, unfortunately. Um, yep. So this is a peaches and cream main trees distilled tree sap. I googled this. I could not find anything else about this company, which bugs me a little bit. Um, but you know, I'm here to talk about their products, uh, as one might find them in the wild. Um, the packaging for this, I did, I did kind of dig. I looked at it, um, and it's black and white. I'll try to post a picture on the Instagram. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, but it has, it utilizes negative space very well in the packaging because it's, um, the theme is like trees in this. Um, and so they have pine trees, you know, just in white and the, like the, the packaging is simple and effective. There are three or four colors using and the fourth color comes about because of the contains THC logo, which I find extremely necessary. Um, and I think it should be bigger, honestly. Um, but this has, you know, just three colors, yellow, white, and, uh, black, which I find once again, very effective, um, contains THC, uh, number four recyclable. Don't know what that means. Don't know where I can recycle number four recycling, but now that I know that, uh, you know, cause that, that number and that symbol aren't always there or visible on packaging. And something that's important to me is reusing the packaging I already have. Um, and uh, holding people accountable for the packaging they've given me to hold on to, which is why I have a big bag of pre-roll containers in, uh, in my closet. Um, let's see. Uh, there is a warning on the back, uh, something about this uh, product may be hazardous, uh, which I don't always see that on cannabis packaging, so I'm not sure if there's any um, like legality regarding what you have to put on here besides contains THC. Um, it has the ingredients as cannabis oil and natural flavors, which tells me absolutely fucking nothing. Um, uh, and it says peaches and cream on the back. When I got this vape cart, uh, I thought it was a pina colada. And while hitting it, I was thinking, this is a fucking terrible pina colada. And it wasn't until that I found the packaging that I realized it was actually peaches and cream. And then I hit it again and I said, you know what? This is actually a pretty okay peaches and cream. It's just, it's an absolutely terrible pina colada. <laughs> um, no batch number, which always gets me because I'm uh, reinforcing accountability, so I'm shaming these people on air. Um, besides not really having more ingredients or information, it did have um, some features on the back, such as a full ceramic core, a glass tank, and vortex airflow. 
which, um, you know, those are just, I feel like those are kind of filler terms. I, I don't feel like they contribute much to the knowledge of this product. Um, I mean, maybe a wee bit, maybe you can, you know, recycle something that's ceramic and glass as opposed to something else. Um, Vortex airflow, I will say this, this fucker got clogged so often. Um, it didn't come with like a little cover for the mouthpiece. And I actually found the mouthpiece kind of uncomfortable to use. Um, it's round and flat and not like ergonomically designed for your lips whatsoever, like most are, how they're kind of tapered towards the end. Um, so this was like the most uncomfortable vape tube I've ever used. Um, let's see. Oh, it also says do not use heavy machinery on the back of this. Um, I know heavy machinery could be anything. Um, but in my mind, it's always a forklift and not something like I use every day, like a car. Um, so those are my thoughts. I think uh, generally I'm really picky about vape tubes. This one didn't start off very well because it was flavored and I, I generally like to taste the weed. So it's not, you know, too easy to do um, and too easy to overdose on as I'm not prone to do, but, you know, sometimes want to do. Um, so I, if at a 10, I'd probably give this a three or a four. Um, I don't know if I would do it again, and if I saw someone doing it, I would, you know, ask them about their experience and see if, you know, if this product is just not for me or if this product is just poorly designed. Mic drop. <laughs> that That is my my spiel, the one part of the show I absolutely have to do, um, because this is a Weed Sommelier podcast. Uh, moving on to Blowing Smoke, the interview portion. Nate, what was your first experience with weed? Uh my first experience with weed was probably just like sneaking out of my house like to go to like this um this big like water you know tank um that like fed our neighborhood with one of my friends and um yeah he had one of those like rookie of the year casts you know where his like yeah was in that <laughs> was fucking in movie my goodness comes back yeah. like a bad penny but yeah rookie of the year yeah, so I just remember like it was probably like terrible, terrible weed. Um, but you know, we were like whatever, 13, 14, and um yeah, we just smoked behind the water tower and yeah, the walk back to to my house felt like, you know, a month. And uh yeah, mm. I just remember laughing at my friend with this ridiculous cast on his arm. Um, and just thinking um about the movie Rookie of the Year, especially since it probably came out like that year you know? Wow. Now, because you brought up the movie, I have to ask if he got really fucking good at throwing baseballs after that, because his, uh, his, I think the excuse they used in the movie is that his arm was super wound tight. I think, I think that was the, what, what the, uh, the yeah, excuse was. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Went funky butt loving, right. When he hits the guy in the face mm -hmm. after they take his cast off. Um, but uh, yeah, no, my friend was was good at baseball. I think he played like catcher though. He wasn't a pitcher. Um, so the story doesn't really have like a epic ending, but. Um, Many don't and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was I mean, yours? Oh. Or have you shared yours before? Oh, I have shared mine many times on the show. Okay. Um, I'm going to think of a weed experience I probably haven't shared on the show before, but that's going to be hard. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. One time my friend and I smoked in the woods and then we walked like a mile in and then a mile out and realized halfway back to the dorm that we had forgotten the shit like there. Um, and I felt really bad about this, but my friend Hannah, um, she, I was like, she's like, oh, do you want to come back with me? And I said, no. And then went home 
to the dorm and left her to walk back in the dark. And that's something I regret, but I, I also have mobility issues. Um, so, you know, I, if I see Hannah again in person, we're not friends anymore, but I will apologize. Um, Cause you know what, back, that wasn't a cool thing to do, man. It was getting dark. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. a weird a weed story that doesn't paint me in a very good light um so that's the thank you for asking that question that is your reward <laughs> um, all right cool what does your history of consumption look like uh geez i think like uh it was probably just like in college basically like being um you know uh we would i uh, played sports in college so we would party really hard because we couldn't party a lot um so we'd party like after like a friday night game or a saturday game and then the next morning my friend who is actually responsible for me being in maine and, and growing because he um he ended up coming up here to grow because of his brother and um i went up came up here because of him but anyways he had weed right because his brother was up here growing for like the last 20 years so um he would have, and he would have good weed. So we'd wake up hungover. We'd, you know, um, we'd smoke. Uh, he had a, uh, like a, um, like a walk-in closet. And like, ah. I'm talking like, I'm talking like, you know, kind, it wasn't a frat house obviously, but like, it was just like, you know, a shabby, you know, rental that fit like eight dudes. And um, <laughs> yep, yeah, I lived a walk-in closet. Like we just put a couple of bean bags and a black light and we would go in there and just like use like you know like fluorescent paint um and then go hit like the local diner in waltham mass and those are like yeah definitely some of my like fondest um memories of of consuming by far and this was was this on campus or was this like an apartment of some sort no we weren't <laughs> we weren't allowed on campus after like two years what really well, yeah, we just, yeah, between like, <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, I think we like lost a lot of housing credits. So we would have had to have like lived with freshmen. So we just like, screw it. We're going to live off campus. Plus it was easier to party that way. Are you, you know? going to share a story about how you lost any of these credits? Because um, I, I myself have lost, a, I had to pay fines because I accidentally dyed like the floor red with my hair um, and, and whatnot. And uh silly things like not taking my trash out and one of my friends breaking a mirror but um it sounds like you guys had some wild wild times we we had some wild times i think most of it though was was um probably like academic related like we went to like a you know um uh, it was like a, a pretty decent school but like i didn't get in for you know grades and i never really took school seriously so i think um you know like waving a couple of classes like early on and taking like a reduced number of credits you know ah. um lowered me in in the um like the raffle for you know choosing housing and obviously my you know my friends were my friends for reasons because they're like obviously similar to me and mm -hmm. um yeah so we just we're like screw this let's get off campus so we we, we lit it up for a couple of years there but yeah it was way more fun we had a lot more you know freedom off campus and um we never would have had that walk-in closet had we not moved off campus you keep saying walk-in closet this sounds more like a smoke out closet doesn't yeah. seem like there was much walking involved in there to be honest no there wasn't and it's and it wasn't you couldn't walk a ton either um 
Who's here? Ah! Hey, hey, it's FedEx. Relax. Oh, I think that might be a good segue into one of my next questions. Yeah. So yeah. perusing perusing your Instagram, uh, which is a, a trend I've been doing lately with interviewees, because I figured it, they've already got the pictures. You know, it's like I don't have to ask yeah. them to do any more work than they already done. Um, so your bio mentions that you got your start in a Georgian uh, animal shelter, and you now have live in an off uh, grid garden in Maine. My question is, where did your journey begin? And two, why does your bio sound like you're a rescue? <laughs> um, my dog and sidekick, Goose, uh, runs my uh, Instagram page. And he's my, you know, uh, one of our dogs. And my sidekick, obviously, hence the name. Uh, and yeah, uh, he came up from a uh, shelter in Georgia just before COVID. So my wife, Kate, is a veterinarian at Animal Welfare Society in Kennebunk. So she was doing rounds one morning and they had actually just gotten a um, uh, enforcement case in. So there's like all these like massive dogs, like, you know, aggressively like barking at the uh, at her as she's like kind of like walking by. And then she walks past, um, you know, Goose's um, area and he's just like sitting there looking at her and wagging his tail. And she sent me a picture like, can we get this dog? And I was, like, I was like, I was like, you know, in the middle of probably, I think I was, I think it was like January, you know, of COVID. And I was like cutting trees down in the winter. And I was like, I'd send her a text back, like, yeah, of course, you know, not thinking she was serious. And then, yeah, a week later, uh, <laughs> we, we had a new dog. Wow. Yeah. So I have Goose. Goose is from Georgia. Uh, and then we have Nemo, uh, who came up from uh, Nemo. Where are you from? Oh, he's from Louisiana. Ah, cool beans. Yeah. Uh, did you pick the names for your dogs or did some of them uh, happen to have those names previously? No, Go Goose was Spot. Um, and we obviously couldn't. Good. Let... You know what? Good. Good for you. Yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> Everyone's like, why do you why do you call him Goose? So I was like, because his name was Spot when we got him. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, and then uh, Nemo. Uh, Nemo, we actually, we gave him a, a few names just to kind of try him on. And then... Um, uh, and then uh, someone, you know, uh, started calling him Nemo. I think it was uh, Kate's mom. And at first I was like, no, I don't like it. You know, uh, you know, cause like the whole, like, you know, finding Nemo and he's, he's like lost. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we weren't going to take Nemo at first. And um, we tried him with like a couple other people and then we just like fell in love with him, and he wasn't the right fit for them. So, um, so we obviously kept him because we love him. And so Nemo fit well, and also Nemo in Latin um, translates mm. to nobody yep. or no one, uh, which I think is awesome because, you know, it's just a name, one. So really, it doesn't matter what what your name is, right? It's all about your your character. And um, yeah, and we tried to give him like a couple of names, and none of them really stuck. So it was perfect to just call him no one. Wow, thank you. Uh, you just gave me an idea for a meme I'm going to make. Um, <laughs> so you're familiar with the Odyssey, probably, right? The Odyssey and Odysseus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a bit with Polyphemus. Oh, spoilers, everyone. Uh, but you really should have read it. You know, this came out like thousands of years ago. Yeah, you've um, only had thousands of years, years to, read to read it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Is he the one that flew too close to the sun? No, the, 
Nope. This is uh, Odysseus yeah. was the guy that was gone. Oh no, no, I thought you said poly, poly Oh, Polyphemus. Oh, Polyphemus is the um the giant that he blinded the Cyclops. Uh, okay. Um, and so like um, oh, who are you? And he answers nobody. So there's a good chance. Cool. Um, because of Latin, that uh, Odysseus would have replied Nemo, which means finding Nemo could be another name for uh, the Odyssey. There, oh, that's wow. it. That's the joke I was trying to set up. I like that though. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, that'd be a real that'd be a real deep cut. Uh, just to like have a meme like that, and not post an explanation. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it'll end up on the Instagram. Maybe not. Um, yeah. Well, you, you, you know, you'll, you'll find your true tribe when you post something like that and you have people that actually get it, you know? Yeah. Fe fellow, fellow group of weirdos. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about, um, upwards organic upward, pardon me, no S the S is at the end upward organics. How did your logo come to be? Um, where it actually looks a lot, it actually looks a lot like, um, like our, our plot here. So we, uh, we're in, you know, Porter, we're three miles from New Hampshire, we're on a hill that slopes west. So we, you know, to our left is Green Mountain, um, off in the distance in the middle are the, the, is the Ossipee Range. And then there's like a little bump to the right, we get beautiful sunsets. So it kind of, um, you know, and then there's the Ossipee River out here. So it, we just wanted something that, you know, kind of felt like outdoorsy and you know everything here revolves around the sun so the sun had to be a big part of it and um yeah yeah we wanted something like really simple you know uh something that was easy to put on t-shirts or hats or you know packaging mm -hmm. um I don't I'm not really into the whole like uh like the badge logos or like these you know super complicated you know drawings you know or cartoonish stuff I think you know that's like you know no offense to anybody but like that's kind of the old cannabis um you know uh, and so that was at least our preference so we took that to 99 designs and <clears throat> we worked with you know um like hundreds of designers that wanted to submit ideas for it and it was uh, it was a lot of fun it was kind of like a part-time job for the month that we were, you know, taking uh, some feedback or, or giving feedback and taking, um, you know, like submissions, I guess, if you will. And, um, and that, that's how we, that's how we got the logo. I think it's fabulous. And it really celebrates the interconnectedness of, you know, uh, the sky, you know, cannabis, the earth, and like, it looks like you might have water in there also. Um, yeah. I, and also the lines and what have you, everything is connected and everything is like in its place. Nothing looks out of place in this photo. And I think what you're doing with your greenhouse and incorporating the sun, I think that's a powerful message to send. And one that's really um, supported by your logo. And I, I wanted to shout out how cool that was. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we're, we're we feel really lucky that we had, um, you know, somebody that, you know, listen to us and and came up with something so cool you know yeah someone that got it i know what it, i yeah. know what that feels like yeah no it's great you know because i don't know i don't know a damn thing about design that's for sure i'm uh yeah i'm a i'm a kind of a grunt kind of a laborer mm -hmm. you know um obviously like a gardener but yeah these like finer detailed things or you know um yeah, a lot of the things with the like computer for designing, you know, logos and labels and all that stuff, I'm really bad at. So yeah, I'm very grateful. And thank you for your feedback. 
yeah, of course. You know, you don't have to be good at everything. Um, and there's a reason why some people are experts in their field and there's a reason you outsource them because you don't have to know how to do everything. And that's that's okay. As someone who specializes in information and uh, can't really do physical labor for a number of reasons, uh, people like you need to exist um, and people like me need to exist. Definitely. I think I think like part of being like one of the secrets to running like a efficient small business is knowing when to shop something out as opposed to do it yourself, you know, and then, and the sooner you, the quicker you can make that decision, like the better off you're going to be because the less time you waste, you know, doing something multiple times and then calling an expert in, you know, um, and it, it's something that I think we've been, we've been pretty good at here. Yeah, I agreed. The show definitely would not get done if I uh, didn't have an editor. So thank you, Justin. Um, come see me for a dab later. Um, this is your coupon. Um, but yeah, if I had to do the editing, the show wouldn't happen. This would be a very rough cut and difficult to listen to and more inaccessible to people. So thank you to the people that make, you know, life more accessible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Keep, yeah. keep you focusing on your strengths, you know? Exactly. So, man, I'm trying to think of a good segue for this one. Um, on the topic of getting strong and strength, um, you mentioned earlier, uh, how, do, how do I put that? Different ways of getting high, like a runner's high. Uh, it, I noticed on your Instagram that you run. How did you get into, um, you know, that? Man, I butchered the ending of that question. My apologies. This is all good. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I don't know. I've just always been like really competitive. Um, mostly with myself like I'm I'm like I always love feedback from people because I know like no one's going to be harder on me than I am on myself and I think one way I uh you know do that is just through running you know because it's cheap and easy um and like being outside is just so fun like you know uh I never listen to music when I run I just like to actually be there and um uh, yeah. And we like, you know, live in like such a beautiful state for, you know, cruising through the woods, um, especially now that I have two dogs. So, um, yeah, we'll go hit like Burnt Meadow after work or before work, which is like 15 minutes down the road. Um, but most of the times, uh, we don't get a lot of time off in the summer, but we will, we as in like my, uh, my friend, John, who's a firefighter in Portland, um, He's a, a, a hometown homie of mine, and uh, we like to do really like dumb long hikes in the whites together. A couple of years ago, we did the presidential traverse in a day, and then about a month ago, we did the uh, the Pemi loop in a day. And uh, these are you know like <laughs> just like ridiculously long hikes where you start at like two in the morning, three in the morning, and then you finish at like you know five o'clock at night. And um, you hurt for a couple of days afterwards, but um, you go through a lot in between and it kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, our entire farming year in like one day, you know, because of all the ups and downs, not actually like ups and mm -hmm. downs, like going uphill and then downhill, but just like mm -hmm. the despair of like, I don't think I can do this to, you know, proving to yourself that you actually can. And um yeah, for me, like uh, where I, I do more of that to get like experience uh, and, you know, like connectedness 
as a as like a as like a high i yeah i love it i'm i'm like i wish my body could do more honestly um but maybe um, some I, as someone who's suffering from a chronic illness i really fucking agree with you when you say i wish my body could do more um but i i resorted to yoga as a form of like physical therapy um because physical therapy like with a physical therapist in the hospital gave me anxiety and it, it just wasn't effective for me but yoga in a studio and like the mindset that yoga has really helped me with coming to you know like um working with my illness as opposed to butting heads yeah um, yeah yeah it's all about just getting in that like in that zen like getting in the zone you know where you're literally not focused on anything else except what you're doing you know, like just being super present. I think that's what cannabis does for a lot of people, whether it's for medicine or for recreation, it just makes you present, mm -hmm. you know? And I think like doing yoga or getting your heart rate above 180, you know, beats per minute, like same thing. Like you're still like in the zone, you're focused, you know, and nothing else is happening at that moment besides what you're doing. And I think like that, um, yeah, man, that's like such a sweet spot to be, you know? So good for you. Thank you. If my body is a temple, I am in the process of renovating and scrubbing pigeon shit <laughs> Dude, off the we're walls. All, we're, we're all a work in progress, all right? Yeah. We're all oh, a work in course. progress. Oh, that's undeniable, but I'm just, you know, previously, you know, in college when I was building my temple and feeding myself and, uh, you know, treating myself like a, you know, as any other tool you would, you know, misuse and forget about and not treat properly. And then it breaks and you're like, well, shit, this isn't reliable anymore. And this isn't dependable. I'll get a new one. But your body isn't, you can't get a new one. You know, you gotta, yeah. you you gotta scrub that dirt off. Yeah, I do. I'm like, I mean, you can ask any of my friends, like my highs are high, my lows are low. Like I'll, I'll, my weight will fluctuate like 20 pounds in a year. Cause I'll just be like, you know, like, drinking beer and eating pizza, you know? And then like, all of a sudden I got to like hammer at work or I want, I do a bunch of hiking and it's like, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, kind of like back in shape and sleeping well, you know, but it's, it's hard to be consistent, you know, it really is. Yeah. And there's, there's just not enough hours in the day. Um, man, I, I, I don't have a good segue to this next question, um, but I found a quote on Instagram that I particularly resonated with. Um, and uh, Mile High Cleaner recently contacted me because I, and I quote, I have a reputation for talking about green stuff, like an organic stuff. Um, and that felt really good to hear. Um, but the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it by Robert Swan. Yeah. Uh, in the cannabis industry, what do you feel is the biggest threat to sustainable? Um, like you mentioned earlier about power, surely that's a, a large one, but are there any other issues in cannabis that you can identify that, you know, people should really, really consider swaps for? I mean, I, I mean, obviously like there's, there shouldn't be, you know, uh, packaging that we can't recycle or that doesn't biodegrade, you know? Um, but I, I think, I think the biggest thing is just like, you know, um, like LEDs, like that's not like cutting edge anymore. Like that should be the basics, you know, like if if you don't have LED lights, like, I mean, that's not, again, I you can't get LED lights and say you're like, you know, eco-friendly or like you're efficient. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you want to be eco-friendly or efficient, like you need a greenhouse, you know, like that's like, I think like uh, we need to start like, you know, redefining what sustainable really is because I don't think, and this is just my personal opinion, but like, 
five to 10 years from now, like, are we really going to see people blowing up warehouses with a bunch of lights and doors growing indoors? You know, do we really need that? Like our, our, our cannabis past microbial heavy metals, you know, um, like THC is consistently above 20%. Like our pink pony and G funk are 25%, you know? So like, why do we need, why do we need indoor grows? I mean, it's cost me about 150 to $200 a pound to produce this. Like, give me an argument why indoors is like, uh, like a real thing, you know? I mean, I know it, I know it became popular because it was illegal for so long, mm-hmm. you know? And I know it's really hard to, to farm and garden outside, but I think like the, the biggest threat and one of the biggest changes we're going to see in the cannabis landscape in the next 10 years is going to be people no longer growing indoors and they're going to be forced to, you know, do some type of hybrid indoor outdoor system. Um, if you got the money, you can blow it up on like a, you know, six figure greenhouse, like the arc solars, mm-hmm. you know, we just have cold frames here. Um, you know, so we're not super fancy or high tech, but, um, it gets the job done. And I think, I think you got to the root of the problem right there because this used to be illegal and so many, this, I mean, this is still illegal federally. Um, and I think one of the biggest threats to cannabis is the fact that people are still kind of treating it like it's illegal. Um, and they're like, you know, with prostitution, once that is legalized, you can have standards and you can have testing and you can have government regulations that people can enforce with like the police, um, because, you know, it's not federally legal. Like, um, we can't, we're still, okay. Maybe we're not exactly in Mavslov's, you know, survival mode, but we're, we're still pretty low on the bottom of the pyramid when it comes to, you know, how, like, in my head, how developed cannabis could be like, you know, not every package I see has a, has a batch number and that should be um, something that's very basic. Like how else are you going to figure out, you know, if there are spores or something, or if there's a contaminant or an issue with cannabis, how else are you going to figure out how to, you know, stop other people from doing that or issue a recall? So, you know, and with people, enough people in this business, um, just the law of large numbers, something bad is going to happen and we need accountability and ways to, you know, we need plans in place and a way we can do that is to have, you know, cannabis legalized. So both. That's, yeah, 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 definitely. And I think along the same lines, though, there needs to be like accountability with, you know, who's using the most, you know, like, um, like carbon equivalents when it comes to producing cannabis, you know, I mean, I think like the secret's going to come out, like not a lot of people are talking about the, like the actual carbon footprint of cannabis. And once that comes out, you, you might even see like an actual carbon score on cannabis packaging. You know, that would be something that would be really kick-ass. I agree. Um, oh, I don't have my clicker on me, but we have to pause and I'm going to call you right back because we're on a great okay. train of thought. Something I also noticed on your Instagram is the question that you pose to people, how green is your weed? Um, or I'd like to ask you that question. Uh, our, I mean, right now, like half of our, our grow is still off grid. Um, uh, when main solar solutions gets here, they're gonna, um, hook, you know, our, one of our greenhouses up to the grid and then, um, and then, you know, give us another 24 solar panels. So like we do have a, a small carbon footprint at the moment. So like right now I would say, you know, if we go back to that example of one pound of, you know, indoor cannabis 
in Maine, well, you know, it's the same as driving a car to Alaska. Mm -hmm. um, and that car gets 25 miles a gallon. I would say like right now we're, we're like a hybrid, right? Not only, and, and it's because of two things. It's because of our demand of electricity, right? Which is low by design because we use the sun to grow our outdoor plants and we have light depth systems and greenhouses to grow, you know, our other, um, you know, patches and in, in the, in the grand scheme here. So our demand for electricity is low, especially when one of those greenhouses runs off the grid, off of solar, right? And then we're also going to increase our supply, right? So our supply is in next year is going to be, you know, whatever, like 18,000, like, you know, uh, like watts per hour. Actually, um, can we, I actually don't know uh, what the, the kilowatts per hour is off the top of my head, but it's you know what? Don't focus too hard on that part. You know what? I'd like to hear more about the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just going to be like whatever, uh, thirty-nine solar panels. Um, so you know we have a low demand, and we're going to have a high supply of electricity going back to the grid. Um, so right there, as far as like electricity goes, you know, um, it's going to be will be you know like the like a fully electric vehicle next year. Right now, I would say we're a hybrid, um, but you know, we don't use like, you know, um, any salt fertilizer, you know, uh, like all I do is feed my plants water and I just mix, you know, amendments from Fedco seeds into the top of the soil, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm, and so I'm using local companies. We use, you know, water, we reuse, we don't cut the scrogging when we're excuse me hold on what was that uh you know like the trellis like the scrogging like do you have do you know the word scrogging? no Should i that don't that's all incredible I, yeah that could be a wee word tell me about scrogging nate <laughs> uh i mean i think it's like also known as trellis but we call it scrogging um but it's basically just like you know like just netting that you put over your plants so that they don't grow like a christmas tree right because you know in medical we're capped by plant number so we have mm -hmm. to grow those plants as big as possible um mm -hmm. in order to you know like make this worth it right um so yeah we use scrogging on every plant um and it is made of plastic and when we are harvesting we never cut the plastic like we treat the plastic like the plant you know um don't cut the plastic because we can easily like you know dip it in like some infectant or bleach or hydrogen peroxide the next year before we put it up again you know like we should be able to use that stuff forever um yes so yeah we just reuse a bunch of stuff and we just try and keep our impact low you know when it comes to anything i mean even our building here you know like we hired bribery architects in portland They're, they specialize in green buildings you know for our like you know garage which is basically our, our work facility and then you know the home that we hope to build someday, you know, is going to be like a super efficient, you know, passive solar type house. So um, we're trying to walk the walk here. You know, I know like there's no like regulations on marketing and people can say whatever the hell they want, but um, yeah, anybody wants that wants to come over here and, and actually see that we're walking the walk, like come do it, you know? You heard it here first folks. Um, this is your this is your coupon to go and uh, go learn about sustainability.
Okay, so we are running low on time. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you that I don't get to ask many people is what's going on under your dirt? Most of the time with cannabis, dirt is kind of the end of things. However, I noticed uh, you folks have, I think, according to my notes, aerothermal heating underneath your greenhouses. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is so cool. So, and Liz, this is how I get myself into trouble every year. Like, you know, we'll like add like a little bit to the, to the garden and then, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, do the rough and tumble with it the first year, trying to learn it and figure out how to use it like effectively or efficiently. Um, and then, you know, winter comes around. Right. And so winter for, you know, a sun grower like me, November, December, January, February, you know, I'm like, taking care of, you know, our, our genetics, you know, in like a small grow room with one led light. Um, I'm doing some thing, but like really not a ton of work. So, uh, actually like ride my bike inside. Um, and as I'm riding my bike, I'll just be thinking about all these things that we can do. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we were going to add another, uh, greenhouse. And, uh, I, I got whiff of like this thing on YouTube called the climate battery. And I'm like, okay, cool. What's this? And this is actually goes into the demand part of what I was talking about earlier, you know, about um, uh, like just like our carbon footprint here and how like our demand for electricity and any type of fossil fuel is low uh, because we don't use propane um, to, to like heat, you know, our greenhouse. Anyways, um, so we decided to put in a climate battery under our greenhouse and we worked with these... Uh, these um, like farm nerds in, uh, in Pennsylvania, Atmos Greenhouse, they are awesome. Um, they're super smart. Um, I, I mean, farm nerds in like the best way. Um, of course. They, they designed um, a, you know, the climate battery specifically for the, you know, the, the wind jammer that we were building, um, which is the greenhouse we built. Uh, we gave them the dimensions and we basically dug a massive hole underneath the greenhouse about eight to 10 feet deep and uh, inside the footprint of the greenhouse. And we buried a bunch of um, perforated pipe that was covered in a, a, like a sock to keep mm -hmm. debris out. And we connected them with, uh, you know, giant, you know, like road conduits, like 28 inch conduits. And uh, basically you know, all we're doing is, so picture, I guess, think about it this way. Picture, you know, March, right? In Maine, it's cold outside. It's that the sun is pretty strong. So it's going to generate a bunch of heat in the greenhouse. Why put that heat outside? You know? So what we're doing is we're pumping that heat underground. It's heating up the soil block that the greenhouse sits on, which is not only good for the plants, but when the air comes out of the ground inside the greenhouse on the other side of the tubes, the air is cooled. Okay. So we can monitor, we can moderate the temperature in the greenhouse by warming the soil in the greenhouse to cool the greenhouse instead of just dumping hot air outside. There's enough hot air in this world. Okay. So that's really cool. But also the, the most important part is at night in March when we, because we'll have, you know, plants in the greenhouse in March at night, when the temperature drops to you know below 50 degrees, that same system will turn on again. But this time the, the air that comes out the other side is going to be warm. So it actually acts as a cooling, you know, mechanism and a heating mechanism. 
only using, you know, stored, you know, thermal energy in the soil below the greenhouse, just using three fans, you know, so no, no propane heaters, you know, like no, I don't know what else, you know, no, no, like oil boiler or anything like that. Um, just, just some fans and some air and the heat that the greenhouse generated. Nate, I'm not going to lie. That sounds tight as hell. Like my goodness. I, I can't think of a man that just, that sounds, I can't think of a better word than that's cool. Like that's, that's so neat. It was really fun. And it was like, it was definitely a commitment. Like it wasn't, it wasn't cheap, but it's like, it's, it's going to be there forever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we, we, we didn't cut any corners putting it in. So um, it's going to extend our season so that we can get, you know, two rounds in, in that greenhouse basically like forever, you know I mean? Um, yeah. And I think it's what makes us like a good source uh, of medicine is that like our prices are basically predictable for like the next 20 years, you know? Um, so- wow. Yeah, I think that's well, really something to be. You know what? You could have said that as your weed accolade. Come on, man. <laughs> well, oh, climate battery—that's a good yeah. one too. Oh, no, right. I mean, like, no, that like your your oh, our prices are going to be theoretically predictable for twenty years to come. Like that would have been that would have been a great hook. But you know what? You can have a hook at the end. I suppose that keeps people listening if they got yeah. this far. <laughs> you know that used to be um that used to be my deal song. Um, I worked for like a, a tech company in Boston. Um, it was actually my last my last corporate job, and every time you closed a deal, your your name would like come up on a screen like around the whole company, and then it would play like your deal song with the statistics. <laughs> and so, like obviously, Blues Traveler, you know the hook was my yes. Deal song. <laughs> oh, incredible! You and my brother are gonna get along. Jeez, he saw he saw Blues Traveler live. Um, oh no, kidding! That's so cool. Have Damn, you seen the music video? Like a blast. Uh, I'll have to ask him, but I think he, I think he said he had fun, but have you seen the music video for, uh, uh, the hook? Yeah, of course. Come on. Okay. I'm trying. Is that the one with where there, it's like the wizard of Oz? Um, that might be, no, it's like, like the politician. Right? Okay. He's like yep. a, a, I mean, maybe there's a couple different scenes and I haven't seen it recently and I have like really bad memory. Another reason I don't like consume a lot of weed. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Absolutely but, understand that. Um, yeah. But that music video where um it's like Dorothy and her friends as cool hip teens trying to get into a club. And if it's not, if it's not hook, I'm trying to remember another blues traveler song. Um my goodness. I'll have to look this up later. You know, people people don't yeah, need it. I'll like, figure it out later. They only have a couple of they only have a couple of hits. I was refraining from saying that. And I'm just like, there can't be that many bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, anyways, we got sidetracked. Sorry. Oh, you know what I was about to say? Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we go? Uh, no, no. I mean, uh, everybody like keep doing what you're doing. Stay passionate, stay hungry. Like, um, and, uh, like, yeah, like have some, make, I, I think one thing like I want to tell myself is like, don't forget to like fit in some fun and, and try not to take things too seriously, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, especially like in this cannabis market right now, we're like, you know, it's getting like pretty competitive and it's like a little saturated. And I think, you know, it's a source of stress for a lot of people, but you know, it's all going to be okay. I'd like to surmise that as be the person your dog thinks you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 
right? That's a good one. I like that. Thank was you. That, uh, was, was that Marcus Aurelius? or? <laughs> no, that's what I put on a poster in math class because I didn't want to do a math pun and we had to do a poster project. And I said, um, I can't remember her. Oh yeah, Mrs. McDade, can I do something something wholesome? And said, and she said, yeah, what do you want to do? And I said, I'll be the person your dog thinks you are. And she said, Liz Lane, I need you to go into this other room and make that poster right now. Um, and so I did because I was a senior oh, in like a sophomore, sophomore uh, math class. So be the person your dog thinks you are. That's great. Where would you like people to find you? Uh, yeah, Forest City Reserve, Atlantic Farms. Um, yeah, we got some like Pink Pony uh, live resin carts over at uh, the seaweed stores because we did a transfer with them a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, they still have some product. But um, uh, yeah, and I, I'm sure we're going to be a bunch of new places uh, this fall. So very cool. I'll have to try to find some uh, pink. If, if you get a, like a whole handful of those uh, pink ponies in one hand, is that like a pink herd? Or if you if you hit more than one vape at once, is that a pink herd? It's a, it's a stampede. Ah, excellent. A pink stampede. <laughs> you know what that could be? That could be your weed word. Yeah, stampede. Hell stampede. Yeah. All right. That is all the time we have, unfortunately, thanks to fucking Zoom. We've had to, we've had to do this, this interview over three calls, but... um. Thank you for listening. Our theme music is The Irish Washerwoman as arranged by Maylee Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me in them at Potlucky Podcast. Like what we do and want to see us grow? Consider supporting us on anchor.fm. You'll hear from me next week. Nate, unfortunately, will probably be uh, knee-deep in dirt or perhaps uh, on top of a mountain or with a dog in the same room, perhaps, definitely. Um, so we're gonna say goodbye together. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.